boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the return of Barama Sidibe and the arrival of Cole Swider. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest is Joe Giuliano from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Joe, appreciate you joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Joe, thanks for coming on the program. And I want to get you started on this one. Syracuse landed Villanova transfer Cole Swider over the weekend. You've covered him for the last three years with the Wildcats. When I say Cole Swider to a Villanova fan, how do they respond? You know, I, I think Villanova fans really liked Cole Swider. I mean, he was uh, very much a Villanova guy. You know, uh, worked hard, did everything that uh, Jay Wright asked him to do. And I think, you know, especially when he came into the game, you know, off the bench and, uh, Jump started the offense with a three-point uh, basket or two. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the struggles that he had on defense early in his career were obvious and uh, probably cost him some playing time. But, uh, you know, I think all in all, the, the, the uh, fans at Villanova, you know, had respect for Cole Swider and, uh, you know, what he brought to the team. You touched on it that he never played more than 20 minutes per game in his three seasons at Villanova. Was that strictly because of his defense? Well, that had a lot to do with it. Uh, you have to remember two things when you uh, play for Jay Wright. One of them is that, uh, you know, you have to play defense on a consistent level. And the second thing is that Jay is very fond of, of matching up his players with the other team. So that probably cost Cole Swire, uh, as much uh, playing time as it did the defense with lapses. But just getting into the season that just passed his junior year, um, you know, he did play, have some very good defensive games, and he had games where he played, you know, well into, you know, well over 20 minutes. Uh, his high game was 28 against UConn, and he was very good defensively in that game. Um, and, and the game against Georgetown, Georgetown had their 6'11 center, Cutis Wahab, who was really, uh, you know, running roughshod over Villanova for a while. Uh, and when they came out in the second half, uh, Cole uh, got into the game early, and Wahab only scored two points the last 16 minutes of the game. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Cole played him for all 16 minutes. I mean, he he had times on the bench, as did Wahab. But after the game, uh, Jay was just so proud of what he had accomplished. And he started out his comment on Cole by saying, quote, I never thought I'd say this in my career. 
as he went on to praise him for his defense. So I don't know if Cole <laughs> liked that or didn't like that, but, uh, you know, he played a very good, consistent defensive game. But the other games, I mean, I'm not saying that he's a bad defensive player. He's worked very hard in his three years at Villanova to become, you know, the type of player that can play at Villanova on defense. Um, you know, unfortunately, it, it comes out to like slightly above average when you look at the whole uh, body of work. Um, and, and then there were the times that, you know, when he would play the uh, four, uh, you know, the other team would probably, you know, get their four guy and, and, and bring him inside and Cole would either be, you know, helpless to defend them or just foul them. Um, so, you know, there, there were some issues there. You know, all in all, um, you know, if, if Villanova wanted a, um, a player to come off the bench and spark them offensively, it was Cole. If you wanted a player off the bench to spark them defensively, it was usually Brandon Slater, who was in the same class as Cole and uh, probably has the same minutes of complaints that Cole might have had, you know, not playing <laughs> quite 20 minutes a game on average. But, um, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, how it all worked out with him. Now, as he uh, got late in the season and they played uh, their last few uh, regular season games, and then they played four postseason games, three in the NCAA tournament, and he really didn't get a chance to do very much, except in the North Texas game, which was uh, Villanova's second-round game, where he played 19 minutes, scored nine points, and was three for four from three. That was probably his best game uh, the last month of the season. And Joe, we'll get you out of here on this one. You've been around the Villanova program over the span of three decades, so you're obviously very familiar with Syracuse from the old Big East days. Do you find Swider to be a good fit for the Orange 2-3 zone? Well, I would think so. I mean, it's it's a very disciplined um, uh, defense that they play. And, um, you know, I know some people like to say that the zone uh, is a defense that, that hides, you know, uh, defense that hides players that may not be the greatest man-on-man defender. And I think in, in Jim Beheim's defense, I mean, you have to be exact. I mean, you can't just be out there, you know, hiding, <laughs> hidden out by the uh, by the coach because you're not a great man-to-man defender. I'm sure Cole, with his intelligence and basketball IQ, is, is going to get this defense. I, I don't really have any doubt about that. Um, I, I think the key is, you know, certainly, um, you know, learning a, a new way to play uh, defense. I mean, Villanova plays zone maybe – Five possessions a game. There were there were a game the game against Baylor. They might have played a little more zone than than we expected, but uh, that's uh, something that Jay would would uh, would would bring out uh, if he needed to uh, give a change of pace to the opponent. As as with Syracuse, I mean, I can't remember the last time they played man. Not that I play there. I watch every <laughs> game that they play, but uh, I know the zone is is uh, good, and I know Cole has the intelligence and the basketball ability to to, to pick it up. Um, now, what that's going to mean in terms of his playing time, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, I know there's, uh, you know, some guys coming back on the team that are going to be, uh, you know, pretty good, and uh, I, I would be interested to see, uh, you know, Cole, uh, you know, play in, in that defense and see see how he does. I, I I would think he would do well, only because he's he's a very intelligent guy and, and, and will know all the slides and know all the the uh, schemes that uh, the coaches like to put in. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the program again. Joe Giuliano from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Joe, awesome stuff. Really appreciate the time and insight, and we'll speak with you soon. Very good. Thank you, Wes. Have a good day. Very cool speaking with Joe, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? 
I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, more roster moves for Syracuse since we last spoke, and let's start with Barama Sidibe. On Monday, Syracuse.com's Mike Waters reported that Sidibe will be returning to Syracuse for the 2021-2022 season. He's been injured for most of his career and only played two games last year. So what are your thoughts on him coming back? Well, my thoughts certainly start with that's a positive development, and let's hope that Barama Sidibe can regain his health and regain the type of play that we saw early in his career from the leg injuries that he's battled the last couple of seasons. It's certainly always good news when you have a player with that much experience coming back to the roster, and specifically now for Syracuse, the center position, where they were a little thin uh, following you know, last season, not knowing if Barama Sidibe would come back. And then Jesse Edwards emerging and developing in his second year with the program, and freshman Frank Anselm, Still not sure what his future may uh, hold as returning to the program or not to provide depth at the big man position. But anytime you can get a player with that kind of experience who's really the key uh, in the position in the zone defense at the number five and also as a threat offensively to get scoring output down low to free up the three-pointing from three-point shooting from beyond the arc, it's really important. So, Really good news that Sadebe is going to come back, uh, make an attempt to, you know, rehabilitate and hopefully be, you know, as close to healthy as he can be to make a contribution to next season's SU team. And this comes on the heels of news over the weekend that class of 2018 four-star wing Cole Swider committed to Syracuse. Brad, Syracuse lost depth at the wing with Robert Braswell announcing he's entering the portal Quincy Gurrier declaring for the NBA draft, even though he hasn't signed with an agent, and the tenuous futures of Alan Griffin, Marek Dolezal, and Woody Newton. It seemed like Swider wanted to play more minutes, and Syracuse had the opportunity for him to play. It's such a big pickup for Syracuse, West. I'm really impressed with Cole Swider. I was when he came out of Scholastic Ball in Rhode Island. He was the perfect Syracuse recruit, I thought, two years ago. So two years later, to have him on the SU roster, what a positive step that is for Syracuse. And I think what's interesting here is how fast he committed. And as you've seen, some of the Syracuse players are in the portal, haven't made a decision yet about where they'll continue playing college basketball. But for Cole Swider, it did not take very long for him to decide on Syracuse. And I think that's a really big factor here that he really knew where he wanted to you know, move on with his career and where to finish his career. I also think it's important Jim Beheim and Jay Wright are very close friends, and you have to think that they talk behind the scenes about this, and, you know, it's just a really big pickup for Syracuse. And when you look at the roster now, sure, lose Robert Braswell, but I think it's an upgrade great getting Cole Swider. You know, watching his tape over the weekend, he can really shoot the basketball. He can really drive to the hoop. Now, it'll be interesting to see how he develops in the 2-3 zone, but I have a lot of confidence that he'll be in great shape. He'll work out hard over the summer into uh, fall practice, and he'll be a really big player at 6'9 in that zone defense. So whether or not Quincy Garrier comes back, whether or not Alan Griffin comes back, you know, Syracuse really moved in a positive direction by getting Cole Swider in the transfer portal. And I haven't given up hope yet that even a Woody Newton will stick around with the program. And and even Alan Griffin, for that matter. Sure, we've heard all the talk, but the longer this goes, 
you know, I really start to wonder and question, you know, what will happen with those players and where they'll move on to next season. So looking at the roster, West, Barama Sidibe returns, Jesse Edwards in the middle, and possibly a young Frank Anselm as a third-string center. Then you look at the forward position. Benny Williams, the big five-star pickup coming in, along with Cole Swider. And, you know, if Woody Newton stays and or Alan Griffin, you have a lot of depth at that position. And, of course, the backcourt now, sure, Samir Torrance is not a Kaderi Richmond, but he's going to contribute. He's going to get better, and he's going to provide a lot of depth for Buddy Beheim and Joe Girard. So looking at the roster at this point with the Cole Sider transfer and Samir Torrance transfer, you know, it, it couldn't be a lot worse for Syracuse fans despite losing, you know, Robert Braswell, Kaderi Richmond, and possibly Quincy Garrier. I'm really optimistic for next season with the roster makeup. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show, your closing thoughts. Don't look now, Wes, but the SU lacrosse team is falling in the rankings as their record now falls to 4-3 and three, following an 18-11 to 11 loss against Notre Dame last weekend. And what's the problem? Well, it starts right at midfield with the faceoff. And Syracuse has tried three different players, Jacob Falk, Danny Barello, and now freshman Jack, Jack Savage can't win face-offs. And when that happens, you put so much pressure on your defense and defensive midfield, that's really been exposed so far for Syracuse. While Drake Porter has had some you know, good moments, he's also had some tough moments in the cage, and that's led to the 4-3 and three record and just 1-2 and two in the ACC. With five games left to play, it's really going to be important for Syracuse to at least go 3-2 and two to keep postseason hopes alive as, you know, a uh, at-large team in the NCAA tournament. But going 3-2 and two is going to be tough because there's still games against Albany and North Carolina at home, road games against Virginia and Notre Dame in the ACC, then the season finale against Utah. So really going to be tough for the Syracuse lacrosse team to keep on pace towards an NCAA invitation for this season. Brad, my closing thoughts are on the new college basketball free agency period. There was a lot of emotion last week when Syracuse lost Kadari Richmond, and I think there's a lot of merit as to why. But I also think Syracuse fans should be a little bit more patient before they think the sky is falling. There's plenty of ways to go until the start of the season in November, and it's possible that Syracuse will add anywhere between one to five more transfers in the portal. And Syracuse has done incredibly well with transfers in the past, whether it's Wes Johnson or Elijah Hughes, all the way back to Leo Rounds. I think overall, Syracuse will be more talented next year than they were this past year. So let's just see how all of it plays out. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that for some reason, Cowboy sounds a lot better than Cowman. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 